On December 31st, 2012, I was standing on the Great Wall of China, which was amazing. But something even more amazing than just standing on the Great Wall was about to happen. I had the question all rehearsed. I had the ring hidden and ready to go. I had the whole event kept a secret, so it'd be a big surprise. I had the Great Wall of China, like the world's best backdrop, to pop the question. And most importantly, I had the right girl. At least I was, I was pretty sure I had the right girl. And, and as, as perfectly set up everything was, getting engaged was still like one of the most nerve-wracking things to ever go through. No matter how sure you are that she will say yes, there's always that, that little thought lingering in the back of your mind, what if she says no? That possibility of rejection is terrifying. But somehow, you gather the courage, you get down on one knee, and you pop the question. When I asked Jennifer, will you marry me? There was a very long pause. And she might try and tell you differently, but it was, it was probably like, what, three minutes, at least, of silence. And I'm just sitting there wondering, oh, this could be a really long, awkward walk back on that wall. And... Finally, she opened her mouth. She did not say yes. She said, are you asking me to marry you on the Great Wall of China? <laughs> Thought it was obvious. I said, yep. And then like two more minutes of silence. I had to ask her a second time. I'm not joking. I had to ask her again, so will you marry me? And I'm thinking, man, did I mess this up. I read this thing wrong. Finally, she said, yes, I will. <sighs> Relief. I didn't get rejected. I don't know what I would have done if I had gotten rejected. It would have been a really long, awkward walk, I can tell you that. Fear of rejection, I think, is a very common fear. I mean, we're all terrified of getting rejected. I don't have any science or statistics to back that up. I just, it's, it's true. Putting yourself out there, making yourself vulnerable, it's terrifying because you might get rejected. Getting rejected hurts. I mean, even these people who say, I'm thick-skinned, I can handle ridicule. I don't know. I, I think even they somewhere deep down inside, are hurt when they get rejected. And we all, we all want to be liked. We all want to be accepted. We are so careful to say and do the right things so that people will like us. In Luke chapter 4, Jesus gets rejected at a whole new level. I mean, the people of Nazareth didn't just say, no, Jesus, we don't want to listen to you. Get out of here. They reject him. They, they take him to the, 
the edge of a cliff, ready to throw him off. <laughs> what did Jesus say that got him so riled up? Jesus spoke the truth. He told them the truth of who he is. He said, I, I am that long-awaited, promised Savior, the one that God promised you. It's me. And if you were here last week, you remember hearing kind of the prequel to this account in the gospel when Jesus actually reads the words of Isaiah chapter 61. Maybe we should hear that again. They hand Jesus the scroll. He unrolls it and he reads, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. If Jesus had a microphone, this is where he would have dropped it and walked off the stage. This is a, a very bold claim. Bold but true. Jesus really was the Messiah, the one who would do all those things Isaiah was talking about. And catch this, all spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. No rejection yet. The, the people, they were really happy to hear this comforting message that Jesus gave them. And maybe they're thinking, wow, this hometown kid's really come a long way. Good for him. Then they start realizing the implications of what Jesus just told them. That he's the Messiah. And they start kind of mumbling among themselves, we know this guy. This is Jesus, Joseph the carpenter's son. He grew up here in Nazareth. He's just a normal guy. He can't be the promised Messiah, the Savior. Jesus just gave them some very, very great news. But those people taking the leap of faith and actually believing that Jesus was the Messiah, uh, that's a little too much. And Jesus already he, he knew their thoughts. He knew they had already chosen in their hearts to reject him. He says, surely you will quote this proverb to me. Physician, heal yourself. This proverb means, hey, if you're really a doctor... Prove it. I mean, someone, some doctor was going to prove he's good at his craft. Probably does that by being healthy. If your dermatologist just has acne and eczema all over the place, would you really trust that they can heal you? And so the people in Nazareth are saying, uh, Jesus, help yourself out here first. If, you know, you perform a miracle, well then, then we'll know you really are who you say you are. Do here in your hometown what we have heard that you did in Capernaum. But Jesus knew this too, that even, even a miracle, it wouldn't help them overcome their unbelief. They just wanted to see a spectacle. They weren't really all that interested in seeing their Savior. Jesus knew this proverb was also true. No prophet is accepted in his hometown. The Nazarenes, they couldn't get past the barriers they had already set up in their own minds. 
How could a guy we've always known who grew up here be the Messiah? And you kind of sympathize with the people of Nazareth. Because if some kid you went to grade school with comes back around and says, I am the promised Savior, would you believe him? That, that would be really, really ridiculous. But the people of Nazareth don't just see Jesus' claim as ridiculous. They get offended. They get angry at him to the point that they bring him to the edge of a cliff, right? Well, Jesus had also gone on to talk about two Old Testament stories. The stories of Elijah and Elisha, his prophets, who God sent out from Israel to bring God's word and blessings to foreigners, to non-Israelites, Gentiles. And there, there were plenty of widows in Israel, plenty of people with leprosy, uh, fatal skin disease. But God made the point of sending his prophets to foreigners who were actually going to listen and not reject his prophets. The, the widow in Zarephath, right, her problem is she's, she's about to starve to death, her and her son. And Naaman the Syrian, we didn't hear his story, but he had leprosy. And, I mean, he's going to die from it. And the widow and Naaman the Syrian, they both just trusted that God was going to help them through his prophets. And, and the people you would least expect to have faith in the God of Israel and Yahweh, the Lord, they're the ones who show the most amazing faith. And, and the ones you would expect, the Israelites, you would expect them to receive God's prophets with open arms. They're the ones who reject them and send them off. And, and you see the same thing happening here in Nazareth. You'd expect the people of his hometown, I mean, if no one else, at least they, they'd have Jesus back. They at least would see him as the Savior. Instead, they reject him. And Jesus' point in telling those, those two stories from the past is so that he, he can plead with the people of Nazareth, guys, you know how these stories go. Don't hurt yourselves by not believing. Don't miss out on all the blessings God wants to give you through me, his son. I'm going to do all those things Isaiah said. Restore your sight from your blindness. I'll set you free from the oppression of sin and bring God's favor to you. But bringing up those two accounts from the Old Testament just got the people more angry and more offended. They bring him to the cliff with every intention of throwing him off and killing him. Jesus spoke the truth, and he got rejected. What Jesus runs into here in Nazareth, I think this is exactly the reason why you and I are so afraid of rejection. It's why sometimes we might fail to speak the truth, because we don't want to get brought to the edge of a cliff. We don't want people to be angry at us. We don't want to get rejected. Simply saying you believe in Jesus as your Savior, even just saying something simple like that, you might get in some hot water for that. The Apostle Paul said that Jesus is a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. You might get called foolish for believing that you're saved by a Jewish man who died on a cross and rose from the dead 2,000 years ago. 
And that's terrifying too. You don't want to get called foolish. I want, right? I want people to think I'm smart and trustworthy. And then God's law. Ooh, this, this presents some problems for us who, who are so afraid of rejection, right? Big time. The thought of pointing out someone's sin to them, showing them God's word, that's as, that's as hard as it gets. That is scary. And you might come at them with right, love in your heart and, and wanting them to just understand what God's word says about their actions. But they might get offended that you brought it up. And you have the best intentions of showing them what God's word says, but you might get rejected. They might lash out at you. And I mean, doesn't this strike a nerve with us? We, we don't want that to happen. We don't want to get rejected. We don't want to cause offense to people. This is really hard. We all struggle with this to some degree. And sometimes we think, well, what would we rather be doing instead? Maybe it would be easier to keep our our rejection-free, comfortable position by just not really talking about Jesus or your faith or the Bible at all. That's safe. That's a safe play. Or maybe just watering down the truth or tweaking it a little bit so that people still like me. We are so careful to do and say the right things so people, they would like us and accept us. And sometimes we might choose comfort over the truth. At least then we'll stay far away from cliffs. (laughs) We choose comfort over truth. Thankfully, Jesus always chose the truth. Jesus chooses to to speak the truth and face all the rejection that comes with it for every time that, that we choose comfort. Jesus, he allowed himself to undergo the ultimate rejection so we don't have to. And think about this. Jesus in Nazareth, he already knew that the, the people were going to reject him there. But he goes to Nazareth anyway. He goes there, he faces that cliff because he needs to preach the gospel to those people. He needs to tell them the truth of who he is, that he's their savior. And it would have been really easy for Jesus when he's on that cliff to back down from the truth, to say, whoa, hey guys, I was just kidding about the whole Messiah thing. Uh, let's all calm down here. He sticks to the truth, even though he knows what it's going to cost him, a trip to the cliff. Jesus was was fully God. He's also fully human. He must have felt our human pain of getting rejected by the people he knew and loved there in Nazareth. Like we said, it's not just rejection in Nazareth that Jesus undergoes. It's the ultimate rejection by the whole world as he's put to death on the cross where he chooses to to face the ultimate rejection so we don't have to. He feels the pain of having his own father reject him because of our sins. He cries out on the cross, "My, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He chooses to face rejection even for us who so often fail to speak the truth. 
He chooses to face rejection even for those who rejected him. Because Jesus loves the people of this world enough to not just try and fit in and be liked by everyone. Could have easily done that. But he loves us too much to do that. Jesus loved us enough to bring us the truth and suffer all the rejection that was going to come with it. That's how much he loved us. When you share the truth with people, remember how good that truth is. Like, yes, there are some very hard truths in the Bible. But running through, through all of it is a message of very good news. You get to soothe people's fears of rejection. Right? All of us struggle with rejection to some degree. Remember this, that some people might be struggling with the fear that God's going to reject them, that they're not good enough for him. You get to soothe that fear for people. The truth you're ultimately sharing is, is is a message of forgiveness and acceptance in God's eyes through Jesus. And oh yeah, it's all for free. So you don't have to panic when, when people come up to you with the hard questions about God's word. For, for every hard truth in the Bible about sin and, and hell, God also provides the answer in Jesus. And as, as you do the hard thing, but the, the loving thing of trying to point out people's sin with God's law, remember the goal of it. The goal isn't to offend them. The goal is to point them to Jesus for the forgiveness that he's freely offering. You get to point to Jesus as that truth. So you don't have to be afraid of sharing the good news. Our goal isn't to go around trying to cause offense. It's not what Jesus did in Nazareth. We're not trying to just stir the pot and, and preach doom and gloom. Our goal is to preach and teach the truth of what Jesus has done, the truth that this world so desperately needs to hear. You don't have to be afraid of preaching the gospel. And I know, I know that you're probably at least a little bit terrified of rejection or having people not like you. We, we all struggle with this to some degree. But when you, do get dis- when you do get rejected, don't be discouraged. As a Christian, here's the truth. You might get rejected at some point. It's, Not a fun experience. Hopefully no cliffs are involved. But when you do get rejected, don't be discouraged. Look at what Jesus did. I mean, yeah, he he had to leave Nazareth. But Jesus, he did end up giving them the miracle they were looking for. He walks calmly right through this bloodthirsty crowd that wanted to kill him. There's a little sign for him of who he was. And and Jesus sticks to what he said he was going to do. He brings his truth the message of who he is to others who are going to listen. He goes to Capernaum. He doesn't change his tactics there to become more popular. He keeps saying the same thing. Gets a totally different response there, right? The people in Capernaum, they were amazed at his teaching because his words had authority. Even though his own people in his hometown rejected him, Jesus brought his truth to others 
who were just waiting to hear it in Capernaum. So don't be discouraged when you're rejected. Be patient. Keep sharing the truth in love and let the truth work. Remember the results are up to God, ultimately, not, not you. When one door closes for the gospel, another one's probably going to be opening soon. And if there's anything that the story of Jesus in Nazareth and the widow of Zarephath and Naaman the Syrian teach us, it's that sometimes the people you least expect to listen are the ones who've just been waiting to hear the sweet truth that you can bring to them. Amen.